As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to our home group. Hey friend, I wish that you could have been with us just moments ago because we had a pretty hot conversation right here among the runners about how we're supposed to respond to living in the end of the age. And the question came up, well, if we know that everything's going to wrap up and everything's going to turn dark, then why should we even try to do anything? Well, because God called us to be the great restrainer. Our job is to hold back evil as long as we can hold it back and to preach the gospel as long as we can preach the gospel. Listen, it doesn't matter whether we like it or not, evil is going to come. Jesus said it. Well, how are we supposed to respond to that? Just give up and say, ah, can't stop it anyway? My friends, one of these days when the church is evacuated, what do you think evil's going to do? It's going to flood onto the stage as fast as it can get there. It is waiting for our disappearance. But as long as we're here, our job is to restrain it. Our job is to hold it back, to postpone its manifestation and to preach the gospel. It's all about people. People need the gospel. And I want to read to you just for a moment from page 100 in my book called Last Day's Survival Guide. Listen to this. This is a translation. This is the RIV of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, where the Apostle Paul describes the church. Listen to this. These events have been covertly in the making for a long time, but the world doesn't even realize that a secret plan is being executed right under their own noses. Let me tell you how seducing this process of modification has been. Let me just interrupt just for a moment. What happened in the beginning of the last century? Monarchs and kings begin to be removed all over the world. Just one after another, after another, after another. Why? Because the system couldn't be modified as it needed to be modified as long as there were kings and monarchs in place. Even the removal of all of those principalities and powers in Europe was a part of the modification process. This has been a covert plan that's been in the works for a long, long time. And that's what the Bible says. These events have been covertly in the making for a long time. But the world doesn't even realize a secret plan is being executed right under their own noses. The only thing, listen to this translation, the only thing that has kept this plan from already being consummated is the supernatural force that's been holding it all back until now. That's us. That's the church. But one day, this force will be removed from the picture. And when that happens, these events will quickly transpire. The removal of this restraining force will signal the moment when the lawless one will finally make his grand appearance to the world. What's stopping it? We are. We should just pat ourselves. We're the church of the living God. That's our job. We are a restraining force. Our job is to rescue the perishing, care for the dying, preach the gospel as long as we can preach the gospel, not surrender to evil, but to hold it back as long as we can. That is our task. That's our task. 
And we need to do it boldly. We need to do it with every legal provision that's been provided by our constitutions, wherever we live in the world. We need to do it by the Word of God through the power of prayer, which is the most effective thing of all. But our job is to hold back the evil, to hold it at bay, to stall it, to postpone its ultimate manifestation and to preach the gospel. Jesus taught very clearly that we were to be salt. We're to have a saving force in a world that is rotten. Salt preserves, it heals. That's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a light in darkness. That means that there is darkness, but we're supposed to be light in a world of darkness. And listen clearly, by the way, I haven't even welcomed you guys. Welcome to home group. But you know what? People, believers all over the world are having conversations like the one that we had just before we started home group tonight. Everybody's trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. What are we supposed to say? Are we supposed to be vocal? Are we supposed to be public? Are we supposed to, to accept that, case hurrah, hurrah, this is going to happen one day, like it or not? What are we supposed to do? And this is evidence that we are living in a very unique season. Fifty years ago, everybody knew what they were supposed to do on almost every issue. But we are suddenly jet jettisoned into a period of time that nobody has lived in. And even if you listen to prophetic voices, sometimes the prophetic voices sound confusing. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. They're trying to discern the voice of God to deal with this very unique season that we're living in that nobody has lived in before. Nobody has lived in this season. And we saw in last night's home group how important it is that we have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got to lead us. And listen to me. If you hear somebody give a prophecy and it's wrong, don't get bent out of shape around that. Just let it go. They're trying really hard to discern the voice of God. Don't be judgmental. Thank God somebody's trying really hard to speak for the Lord. And maybe their words of prophecy will come about anyway. You just don't know. Hold on. Don't judge it too quick. It's our job to Toe the line to hold, hold the anchor in place. Let the church be the church. Be salt in a world that is rotten. Be light in a world that is filled with darkness. Be that great restraining force that God has called us to be. We're living in the slither of time between two ages. We really are. So, of course, you're going to feel a tug from the past. You're going to feel a tug from the future. We're in between. We're in such a place of tension, trying to figure out how do we navigate where we are. That's why you need to have this book, by the way, Last Day's Survival Guide. And while we're talking about it, please go to our website and download signs you'll see just before Jesus comes and the series and the book that goes with us. This is so important that we understand everything Jesus said about the end of the age. Denise Renner. Well, welcome home group. And, and you know, as we've been talking here for the last few minutes, Jesus knew that he was going to die. Jesus knew he was the Lamb of God. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And he didn't stop. He didn't just say, well, I'm going to die anyway. I'll just go die. He, he preached. 
He he delivered. He raised people from the dead. He healed. Uh, people were delivered of demons. He preached the gospel. He's preaching to us right now in this home group. He did not stop. And he's our example. And that's what we're supposed to do. Is We might know it's going to get worse. But it's our time to do what we know to do is right. And keep doing it until the end. Amen. Paul? In one of our home groups, I don't know exactly when because we've been doing so many home groups recently, my father said, tag, you're it. You're chosen to live in this time. Uh, Not so long ago, I was preaching in church about Paul and how he preached in uh, Lystra and he was stoned to death. Now, the Lord probably knew that if Paul was going to preach, he could run into some problems. And he sent him out to preach anyway. The Lord chose someone like Paul, who if stoned to death and raised back to life, would continue to preach. Instead of quitting, and that was a pretty good quitting point right there. A lot of us are looking for stopping points. Where do we get off the bus? Where is our quitting point? A lot of us are just waiting around for our quitting point. Well, that was a pretty good quitting point for Paul. He could have said, this was fun. I'm glad I'm alive, but I think it's time to go back home to the safety of my church where I know everybody and where I you know, was pretty good at ministry there. Instead of getting off the bus, he kept preaching. And if we're chosen to live in this time, mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. God chose us to be the ones that don't quit, even if... There's the opportunity to say, I think I've had enough. That's encouraging to me. Can I tell you something else too? Jesus said at the end of the age that it would be like the beginning of sorrows that describes contractions. Mm -hmm. Somebody recently said, you know what? I don't like all this. I just want to drink my coffee and enjoy nature and just enjoy my life. Well, here's the thing. A woman in serious contractions, does she say, can we please put this on pause? I'd like to go get a pizza. I'd like to go to dinner. I'd like to just enjoy myself. You know what? She's already in transition. And she doesn't choose the time either. Uh, but once transition has begun, you can't take a break. And we are living in an age where transition is already taking place. It is taking place. Now, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy your life. We certainly enjoy our life. I enjoy every single day of my life. And in Philippians chapter 4, it says to let the peace of God rule your hearts and minds. I'm ruled by the peace of God. You know what? The devil can do what he wants to do. It's not going to move me or steal my peace or take my joy. But I've made a decision that I won't be affected. You have to make a decision. But transition is already in progress. And a former generation when people could just take it easy, that day's over. You know, I recently heard Brother Copeland say that the church in the West is waking up to the fact that a new day has come. And it has. A new day has come, not just in America. This is not about America. Jesus did not prophesy in Matthew 24 about America. He talked about the end of the age. He was talking about the world. And let's continue tonight to see what else he said. Matthew 24. And tonight we're going to begin in verse 20, verse 6. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. For you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
Well, what does Jesus mean when he says you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars? The word here is the Greek word akuo. You hear a word? Acoustics. Acoustics. It's where you get the word acoustics. It describes an ear full of information. Hold on because this gets really interesting. He says you're going to hear of wars. The word wars is the plural form of the Greek word palemos. It describes armed conflict. It includes battles, fights, skirmishes, large-scale and small-scale conflicts. And then Jesus says, rumors, rumors of wars. The word rumor is a Greek word, echoi. It describes the ear, something that is heard in the ear. And that's why it is translated as the word rumor. What people miss here, Jesus never said you're going to see them. He said, you're going to hear of them. It describes ears buzzing with information at the very end of the age. Now I want to read to you from signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. Listen to this. The word rumors is from the Greek word used to describe an ear. By using this word, Jesus lets us know that a last day's generation will live with an ear full of news and information about events occurring around the world. Jesus never said we would personally see these wars, revolts, and disturbances, but he said we would hear about them. The words of Jesus imply an excess of information will be available for people to hear about across the globe at the end of the age. It presents the idea of a nonstop flow of information. In generations, Raised with television and the internet, the availability of information is more prolific than at any other time in history. This pervasive availability will cause ears to ring with the sound of casualties and conflicts. Jesus declared that an earful of various types of information will be one of the foremost signs that the finality of the age is approaching. An earful of information, an eyeful of information, And of course, today we're living in the information age. Paul? (laughs) There's so much information, you don't even know how to filter it. You don't even know how to deal with it. And some people have their TVs on nonstop, just going, going, and going. And of course, there's that uh, impulse just to pick up your phone and read something else all the time. We're filled with information. We just consume information, and yet it's probably the dumbest generation that's ever lived. Unfortunately. Isn't that amazing? We just believe every little tidbit we see. But wait, Jesus goes on and he says, see that you be not troubled. Well, the word troubled is important because it describes an inward fright that causes one to be filled with worry, anxiety, or fear. Anxiety resulting from outward events that keep happening one after another after another. Of course, these are like contractions. These things are going to keep coming. And Jesus said, don't be troubled. The end is not yet. This is not the sign that you've come to the end of the age. Well, when you go to Luke 21, verse 9, Jesus adds something very interesting. What was it, Luke? Luke 21, verse 9. And listen to what Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 9. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. Now, sometimes critics say all these things were already happening during Jesus' time. Yes, they were. But Jesus was speaking futuristically. He said, you shall hear. He was describing what they're going to see at the very end of the age. He was answering their question. 
He says, but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, hold on, be not terrified. The word commotions, what a depiction of what we're seeing on the streets of cities all over the world today. It is a Greek word that describes instability, something that is out of control, upheaval, and believe it or not, it is the word for anarchy. We're seeing anarchy in the streets today. Anarchy. In fact, people are stunned by what they're saying. Turbulent upheavals of a societal, political, or militaristic nature. Isn't that precisely what you're seeing? Jesus said, there are commotions, but these are upheavals on the streets. And then Jesus added the words, be not terrified. The word terrified is the word for terrorism. And Jesus prophesied at the end of the age, people would have to deal with terrorism on a global scale. Now, some may say that you have translated this to fix our, to meet our times recently, and you're trying to fit it in so that it sounds like you're just echoing what's going on. But you translated this way before events started happening oh, that people goodness. are watching on the news I wrote today. this book years ago. By the way, it's what Jesus said, just what the words mean. But let's go on. Matthew 24, verse 7, Jesus then adds. Listen to this. It's amazing. Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom shall rise against kingdom. Now, again, somebody will say, a critic will say, ah, oh, they already had that going on in the first century. But Jesus said, shall. He was pointing to the end of the age. He was answering the question, what will be the signs that were coming to your coming? How will we know? Now Jesus says, shall, nation shall, at the end of the age, rise against nation. Well, the word nation is the Greek word ethnos. It's where you get the word nations or ethnic groups, ethnicity. It includes various nations, races, colors, or religious groups, which means ethnic groups are going to rise against ethnic groups at the end of the age. This seething in society that we thought was about gone it's going to bubble to the top again at the end of the age. Color against color, race against race. Jesus says it will happen at the end of the age, and he uses the word against. Ethnic groups shall rise against ethnic group, and he uses the word against, which is the word epi. Listen to this. The word epi pictures superiority. So here we see one group wanting to get the upper hand over the other groups. It pictures a crushing or subjugating force, which means one ethnic group will not just want to have influence, they will want to crush and subjugate everybody else. It is a force that crushes or smashes. It is a decimating force. Ethnic groups trying to decimate those with whom they do not agree. And then Jesus says, kingdom shall rise against kingdom. Well, the word kingdom is a Greek word, basileia, which is the Greek word for a kingdom. But it also describes, listen to this, a sphere of influence, an ideology, or even different political groups. And the word against is again the word epi. It pictures the upper hand, superiority, a crushing or subjugating force, a force that crushes or smashes. It pictures a decimating force. And Jesus says at the very end of the age, you will see different ideologies, not just trying to get the upper hand over the other, but trying to crush the other, 
smash the other, decimate the others. And I want to read to you from signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. If you don't have this book, you need to go to our website and get it. Listen to this. Again, we see the word against used in this phrase from the Greek word epi, indicating force or a desire to take a superior dominant position over another. The word kingdom refers to a dominion or realm of power and influence. It can carry the idea of nations, political parties, alliances, or ideological factions maneuvering for superiority over the other at the very end of the age. Jesus foretold that kingdom shall rise against kingdom. The word shall is used in this verse to prophetically point to events that will occur in the future. Jesus was speaking of something that would occur in a significant way toward the conclusion of the age and to understand what Jesus was talking about. We could reflect on the political behavior we're seeing today, ideological factions. We may be witnessing the most uncivil politics in contemporary history. We are watching one party or affiliation not only trying to gain superiority over the other, but they seem to be trying to decimate each other in the process. It is the clashing of one realm against another realm, one ideology against another ideology, as each tries to doom the other, this scramble for superiority at almost any cost alerts us that our culture has taken a nosedive in terms of civility. But none of this is news to those of us who've been watching ugly politics on our TV screens, computers, or mobile devices. Has there ever been a time in our age when political parties and various warring ideologies have been more uncivil? The public behavior of politicians and political parties has departed from the days of respectful disagreement into an ugly mess of intolerance and mug slinging and add to that a widespread weaponizing of the media to perpetuate this indecent assault. And you have a modern picture of what Jesus meant when he talked about kingdom rising against kingdom. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing the way that you said weaponizing of the media. And when we talk about kingdom against kingdom or ideology against ideology, we're truly, unfortunately, we're truly past the point of coexistence. These ideologies cannot coexist with each other. No, they can't. It's either one or the other. It's either all one way or all the other way. And they both seem to think that that's the only way to go. But you know, we always knew that day was coming. We've always said that a day is coming when we have to draw the line. The day is here. The line has been drawn. There's light and there's darkness. And we're living in that slither of time at the end of the age when light is holding back darkness. But when the church is evacuated, darkness is going to run in. But listen to this in Philippians 4 verse 7. Listen to this wonderful verse, you guys. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You say, Rick, how can you be at such peace when you know all these things are going to happen and they are happening? Because the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it keeps my heart and it keeps my mind. 
And here we find the job of God's peace. That word peace is a wonderful Greek word. It was particularly used to describe soldiers who stood at the entrance to a city. And their job was to determine who got in and who was forbidden. And when a newcomer would come to a city, if the guard saw that this newcomer was good for the city, they would move out of the way and let that person in. If the guards perceived that this was an intruder who was coming to do something foul, they would literally say, access denied. They would block the entrance of that person. And now the Apostle Paul says, the peace of God, if we'll let it do its work, it will stand at the door of our hearts, our minds, our emotions, and when something comes that's really good for us, the peace of God says, come on in. And when something comes that's really bad, the peace of God will say, entrance denied, no access. You have to let the peace of God do its work. The Bible says it will keep your heart. It will keep your mind. And living in this age means we need to let this peace dominate us. Denise? I mean, that peace is so powerful, and it's on the inside of us. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and we just have to recognize that peace. You know, things are going to come, just like we've been talking about. The winds are going to come. The rains are going to come. But if we just keep finding our finding ourselves and founding ourselves on the rock of Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, when you fellowship with Jesus, it brings peace to your heart. The, the, you're recognizing the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you says, yes, amen. This is the truth. Listen to me. And because that's the truth. And these things that are happening around us, they're going to come, they're going to go, they might get worse, they might get better one day, they might get worse the next day. But what's inside of you, the rock, is not changing. And that's the peace of God. That's so good, Denise. Paul? Amen. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for talking about peace, because we have to choose peace. There's, there's so many things that want to get into our lives, but... We have to choose peace, meaning that those things can get into our lives if we don't let the peace of God guard our hearts. And that's one reason people need to be careful what they listen to. You know, if you just listen to a nonstop flow of information, it will steal your peace. You need to kind of regulate how much you hear and what you listen to. God's not in the business of scaring you. Never, never, never. You are more than enough. The greater one lives in you. You are more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter what age you live in. You can handle it. You have the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the fellowship of the saints. My goodness, you have everything you need. Hey, I want you to get my download. It's free. Signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. Be sure to order the whole series and the book. And remember, you should order Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times and this would be an awesome book to buy as a gift for somebody else people have so many questions this book is filled with answers but it's been great to be with you 
Guys, I want to thank you for a very interesting conversation today. It's been fun. Both before and during home group. And we're looking forward to being with you again tomorrow night. Remember, if you need prayer, write to us, prayer at runner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. Sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.